have your Bibles, let's look to uh, the Gospel of Mark this morning. Can you hear me okay? Everybody hear me? Can you hear me, Brian? Yeah, good. All right. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to start at verse 46. It's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And it appears, uh, this particular passage appears in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But we're going to pick the one here in uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 46, this morning. Did I say chapter 46? How many chapters is there in Mark? I think there's... Not 46, that's right. I think there's only 16, isn't there? Ah, do it. Do it right now, Walter. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 says this. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's pray. Our Father, this morning, Lord, we are thankful, <clears throat> as we have expressed on a number of occasions today, Father, we're thankful for the opportunity that we have to come into your presence as a corporate body of faith. And Father, you know, and, uh, and we, we're, we're aware, Father, that throughout the week, we spend a lot of time with you as, as individual Christians or as families or or, Father, just as, uh, as gatherings in small groups and prayer gatherings and prayer cells, Lord, we, we, we like to spend this time with, with you. But, Father, this morning, Lord, I'm thankful that together today as, as this body of faith, Father, that, that we can find ourselves here in this place to worship you corporately to worship you in the singing of the songs and the choruses and, and being led by these that have such a faith and a dynamic uh, uh, worship of you, that, Father, that we can join our hearts and our minds and our spirits with those that wrote these words so well and, and, uh, and Father, so worshipfully. Uh, Father, we desire, Lord, to gather around your throne. We desire, Father, to set before you these tokens of praise and worship. Father, we desire to join with the multitudes in heaven that sing your name and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And Father, we pray that you would receive this that we set before you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, that we would be those worshipers that worship you in spirit 
and in truth. For Father, the words that we have sung and the, the thoughts and meditations of our hearts, Lord, these have been truthful from the very core of who we are. Father, this morning, Lord, we want to look into your word. Father, this morning, we want to meditate on your truth. Father, this morning, Lord, we, we want to hear your spirit speaking into our hearts those things that we hunger and thirst for. And Father, you know the condition of our hearts, Lord. Perhaps some today are dry and dusty, and, and some, Father, are, very, are, are, are growing, and, and, this, and the soil has been well watered, and, and things are green and lush, and they look good. And, and Father, Lord, whatever the condition is of our, of our heart and soul today, we pray, O oh God, that we would find satisfaction as we meditate upon your word, as we look into it. Holy Spirit, speak to us with your truth. Father, we desire so much, Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would teach us along the paths of your truth, that you would show us, and, and Father, that you would guide us and that you would lead us, that, that we would grow more and more into your image. So, Father, help us today. Father, once again, Lord, I, I pray this Sunday morning, Lord, that no word would come from this mouth except it be according to thy will. Father, we're not interested in human philosophy or eclectic wisdom or anything of that nature, but Father, we want to know, thus saith the Lord. And so, Lord, I pray, guide and guard every word that passes across these lips that we would know your truth and only your truth. Father, we commit this time into your hands. Bless each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus. This is a, uh, a familiar story, I think, isn't it? <clears throat> we have that Jesus here is going to Jericho. He's passing through Jericho, and as he's passing through, there's this guy sitting alongside of the road. He, Bartimaeus actually is two words, isn't it? It's bar Timaeus. Bar meaning son of, as in Bartholomew, son of Tholomew, or son of, this one is son of Timothy, probably. So it's two words, bar Timaeus, bar being son, son of, son of, um, of Timothy. The blind guy, you know, Timothy's son, who was blind. So there seems to have been some recognition of, of who his family was and, and some some of the structure around his life. And he was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. And the thing that he shouted was, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And there were a lot in the crowd who said, why don't you just shut up? You're making so much noise and Jesus is talking and we want to hear what he has to say. We don't want to hear what you got to say. You're here all the time. He's not here all the time. We want to hear what he has to say. Why don't you just be quiet? They, they rebuked him. Now, have you ever been rebuked? You know, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think my mother ever rebuked me. She did a lot of things, but I don't, think she, I don't know if I was ever rebuked. She never came up to me and said, I rebuke you. <clears throat> so I'm not 100% sure. I suspect that, that that's kind of scolding him, you know, this idea of being rebuked. That's, I don't think my mother ever scolded me much. 
But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But even in, in telling him to be quiet, he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, listened, called him. So they called the blind man, and, and the people who rebuked him are now saying, Cheer up, get up on your feet. He's calling you. And so he got up, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And, and, he, and Jesus said to him, he said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind guy said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the way, along the road. It's a great, uh, it's a great story, eh? a great picture in the life of Jesus. <clears throat> there's, there's a number of things in it, though, that perplex me that I, that I want to share with you today. My, my, uh, if you're perplexed and you share what perplexes you, is that a perplexion? <laughs> I don't know it's a, what that is. But anyway, I, I'm perplexed by, a, by an, a couple of things that are here. And, and the first one comes out here in, um, in the very first verse, in, cha- in verse 46 of chapter, chapter 10. It says, Then Jesus came to Jericho. Period. Then Jesus came to Jericho, period. The next line is, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind guy was there. It's, it's kind of, what perplexes me here is what happened in Jericho, all right? So it says, as Jesus came to pass through Jericho. It was just as he was traveling through. It doesn't say, you know, that he stopped and that he, uh, he uh, ministered and that he healed and that he taught. It says that Jesus came to Jericho and Jesus was leaving Jericho. That's it. That's it in all of them. In all three, in the one in Matthew and the one in Mark, one in Luke, it says that Jesus came to Jericho and he, Jesus was leaving Jericho. So the idea is, <clears throat> I guess, that Jesus was just passing through. And, and really, he was on his way to, uh, to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and to be crucified. And, and probably this was all in his mind here as he was passing through. But the, the first thing that, that strikes me here is they came to Jericho and then they left Jericho. They came just to pass through. The only remarkable thing that happened along the journey was with this blind guy, the son of Timothy, Bartimaeus. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, I thought, all that could have happened, all that might have happened, maybe all that should have happened, if there were more Bartimaeuses alongside the road. Now, now imagine Jesus, the Son of God, is passing through Oxford on this one particular day. And as he's passing through, you know, everybody's there. There's a large crowd. They said, you know, this guy, Jesus, he's going through Oxford. He's going to stop at the sinkhole just for a little while and maybe walk on some water there, I don't know, or, or do some stuff, but he's going to fix it. You know, but he's walking through, so everybody kind of gathers around, and they start way down there by, uh, by the dairy farm, and they're walking all through Main Street, and, and they're almost up to Tim Hortons, and here's this guy, Bartimaeus. And everybody's milling around, and it, it, it doesn't say that anything remarkable happened in Jericho or anything astounding happened, but here was this guy, Bartimaeus. 
So the only remarkable thing that happened was on the way out. And all that could have and all that might have didn't. Not until someone latched on to the shirt tail of God and would not let go. Jesus was passing through. The Son of God was moving through the community. And nothing was happening until that one person was determined, I will not let Jesus leave my town until something happens. He latched onto the shirt tail of God and would not let go. It didn't matter. Everybody was saying, you know, be quiet over there. We're trying to hear Jesus and you're creating this big ruckus. We rebuke you. We're scolding you. We're saying that you need to just be quiet. You need to just accept your position in society and and just forget all this noise. He's not going to pay attention to you. Who do you think you are? But we know what happened. Bartimaeus sensed Jesus was near and was about to pass on and would not be quiet. Jesus visited that community that day and every, everyone thought, this is great. We can stare at Jesus. We can stare at Jesus and, and, and we're going we're gonna to incline our ears so that we can, we can hear some of the things that he's saying. And, uh, and this, is, this, is a, this is a great day for our community. <clears throat> Did you ever hear of the lunar rogue? Anybody ever hear of the lunar rogue? The lunar rogue is actually, it's a, it's a restaurant in Fredericton. And it's called the Lunar Rogue because there's this guy who was a Methodist minister. And uh, it wasn't a very honest guy because he was mostly a crook. And he ended up in jail in Fredericton is where they caught him. But he actually stayed here in Oxford. Did you know that? They caught him in New Glasgow. And he came on horseback through Oxford and he stayed at the hotel uh, where, um, where the Four Seasons is now. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was really interesting because of the, some of the history. And the guy, was, he was quite a... He was quite a shyster and, and all that. But, but he was one of these guys that passed through. And if you go to the Lunar, Lunar Rogue uh, restaurant in downtown Fredericton, you can read about this guy and the places that he stopped and some of the, some of the criminal activities that he did. But everybody really liked him. And he was in jail. And, and, um, and uh, matter of fact, it was the, I think it was the mayor's wife let him out of jail. You know, he, I don't know. Anyway, don't even ask me about that. But Jesus was passing through Jericho this particular day. And this could have been Jericho's little bit of a, of a historical interlude. Jesus passed through. And they were quite comfortable with that. Jesus passing through. That, that could be put up there by the big blueberry. Jesus was here. You know, that could be put there by the sinkhole. Jesus was here. Maybe he would stop by the school and Jesus looked at the school. Jesus was here. But nothing happened in Jericho. And maybe, you know, I, I, thought, I thought of some scenarios that maybe Timothy or, or, um, or Bartimaeus might have thought, you know, that, that may, maybe he, he could have thought, well, um, maybe I could just sit here. And maybe, maybe someone could, could, could help me and, and I, could, I could reach out my hand and as, as Jesus goes by, I could, I could, I could just feel the, the, the wind of it on my hand, you know? Maybe, maybe that would be good enough. 
Or maybe he could have thought, think of the stories that I will have when I go home. I'll say, you missed it this morning. You should have been in church because Jesus was there. Didn't do anything, but Jesus was there. He, he was there, and then he was leaving. I could just sit here and know that Jesus is close by. I could just sit here and think, I'll, I'll say to my friends, you know, you missed a great thing today. Jesus was right there. I could have reached out and touched him, but I didn't. I could just sit here and be quiet so I'll have a great story to tell when I get heard, when I get home. But what happened was, even though Jesus was there and was passing through, Bartimaeus recognized something in his heart. I have a great need. I can't see. Now, I was reading about uh, <clears throat> Jericho, and someone was saying that, um, that, that almost 50% of the population in Jericho had eye problems because of sanitary conditions, because of the sun and the glare and the desert. And, and there was a number of other things, of medical things, that for whatever reason, Jericho had like 50% of the population had eye problems. And so, so Bartimaeus wasn't the only one. You know, there probably was a lot of people sitting there, and, and as the crowd came by, you know, the crowd kind of swelled up around Jesus, and, and, I, and I, you know, I'm trying to, trying to think of how this would play out. And, and as Jesus was in the middle of the crowd, maybe... Maybe he couldn't see all the people there. Maybe because of the needs of those who could get close, they were kind of choking out all the needs of the people who really needed the touch of Jesus that particular day. They weren't letting anybody through. They were telling them to be quiet. They were telling them to sit down. They were telling them to mind their own business. They were telling them that, you know, that they didn't fit in this circle of, of people that they were in. But it says here, it says, when he heard... <clears throat> that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why, the people didn't like that. They rebuked him. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard something across the ruckus of the crowd and he stopped and he said, call him. We're not so comfortable when people interrupt our style of worship, are we? We're not, we're not so comfortable when people interrupt our lives with great need. I, I remember in our first church, we, it, was, it was a small church and um, right on the shore. And um, I was preaching up a storm this Sunday afternoon and uh, thought I was doing great. There's a gentleman sitting right, right where Marion's sitting, right here, except there was only, there was one aisle here, and that was it, you know, Mar right where Marion's sitting. And, um, and uh, well, sir, he was, uh, he, um, he had been on about a 30-day binge, you know, and he was quite well tanked. And uh, it was great to see him in church. Um, he had most of last night's supper down the front of his jacket. You know, he had kind of thrown up and it was slept in his jacket too that night. And he was right there in church and, and he was right about where Marion's at, you know. And, uh, 
And all of a sudden, up goes his hand in the middle of the service. I was preaching up, you know, and just kind of talking and going. And then I, I was trying to ignore the hand, but there's only like eight people there, you know, so it's kind of hard to ignore the hand. And up goes the hand, and then, he's, then I then he could see I was ignoring him. But he says, preacher. <clears throat> That's getting harder to ignore, you know, preacher. He says, pastor, pastor. And I, and I finally, after about the 12th time of him saying that, I looked down and I thought, oh, boy, here we go. And I called him by name, and I said, what, what, what's on your mind? And he said, I have a testimony. And, uh, and uh, you remember, Ruth, what this was about? And then and up he stands, and he didn't wait for me to say anything, and he started going on about the activities of the previous night. Uh, and it was a party that had happened, and some pretty racy things came up in church, and, uh, and I didn't know how to stop him, you know, because it was interrupting my style of worship, you know, and, and I didn't know what to say, and, and uh, he wasn't paying any attention to me, and, and, and people around him, his, his, uh, I don't think his mother was there, but some aunts and uncles were there, and they were trying to pull on him and get him to sit down. He wouldn't sit down, so I finally had to go and say, listen, Lou, let me, there, I shouldn't have said his name, let, let's, I'll, well, I'll go out and, and, and uh, let's, let's pray about it right now. So that's, that's kind of what we did. And, uh, and he began to weep, and, and I believe he found some peace through the fog of what was going on. But you know, that makes us uncomfortable when people interrupt our style of worship or our style of life or our style of thinking or our style of activity or our style of how we view God. When people interrupt this, it makes us really uncomfortable. And sometimes we just kind of want to close ranks and we say, you know what? That's not who we are. We're this. And we, we feel nice and it's with the warm fuzzies and, and, and it feels great to worship. But really, Jesus is listening for those who are on the outside. And as Jesus heard him crying over top of those who were followers of Jesus, those who were, those who were his closest disciples who had made a choice to follow Jesus, they'd, they'd somehow kind of insulated themselves from all the cries of the world. And he had to shout over top of them. And he shouted over top of the church, over top of the disciples, over top of the followers, Jesus, are you in there? Have mercy on me. I want to come in. And they said, just be quiet. You don't fit the mold. You're not, you're not like what we're looking for. And Jesus stopped in that moment. And he said, I hear someone that I'm looking for. It's not about all the nicety around us. It's not about all the insulation that we've provided. It's not about all of this, but where are the lost sheep? And so Jesus stopped. There's five things Jesus did here. He stopped and he heard. He heard the cry of this guy. It says here, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and many rebuked him. They, they tried to fortify the insulation around the, the congregation. They tried to build some stuff so that, that the noise wouldn't distract from, from their, their worship, from their adoration, from their following Jesus, because Jesus was passing through here. But he cried all the louder. Until Jesus stopped, he heard, he stopped, and then he called him. And so they called to the blind man. They said, cheer up, get on your feet. He's calling you. You know, and, the, and how this happens is, is really troubling to me. 
Because on the one side, they're kind of gathered around and they're, they're huddled around Jesus in this grave. Jesus is here. He's passing through. And, and there's so much that could be happening, but it's not happening because, well, we've, we've, we've built our ranks tight around us. But yet when, when the, the cries from the outside are coming in so loud and so heavy and so hot and so needy that we say, you know, just be quiet. You're interrupting our worship. This isn't what we, what we do or how we do it. But then Jesus says, wait a minute, everybody stop. I hear something. And all of a sudden the church says, wow, Jesus is calling you. Why was that a shock to them? Right, doesn't? And the start of you? Why was that a shock to them? In one minute they were rebuking him, the next minute they were encouraging him. Why, what, what happened here? How is it that, that those followers of Jesus didn't get what he was doing, didn't get what he was here for, didn't get who he was calling? How many times do they have to hear about the, the prodigal son? the lost sheep, the lost coin. How, how many times do they have to hear John 3.16, you know, that, that, that for God so loved the world? How many times did they, did they have to hear all of this before they recognized these are the people that God is, is, is here to minister to, to give sight to the blind and healing to the crippled and, and sound to the deaf? How many times does this have to happen before they recognize these are the people? Jesus heard, he stopped, he called, he asked, and then he healed. And then he, then he said this strange thing. He, he asked the guy, he said, what do you want me to do for you? You see it there in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? You'd think Jesus would know. Well, I expect he did know. But he wondered if the guy knew. What, what do you want me to do for you? Well, maybe, maybe some, you know, when Jesus asked the question, maybe some would say, you know, Lord, I'm having trouble with this bill today. Lord, you know, if you could just, if you could just give me the, the next lottery numbers, that would, just, that would really help me. I, don't, I wouldn't need to see them because I could hire somebody to do all my work. That would really help me, the lottery numbers. Lord, you know, if you, uh, maybe if you, uh, if you could, you know, talk to, uh, talk to my, my family a little bit, you know, they're making me sit here by the side of the road and I don't want to sit here by the side of the road. They could just, they should just take care of me. Maybe you should talk to them about that. If you, you could do that for me, that'd be great. But the biggest need of his life was, I want to see, I want to see. But don't you want to ask the question, what do you want to see? What do you want to see? There's, there's all kinds of hate and violence and there's all kinds of traumas and tragedies. That's what do you want to see? What do you want to see? Why, why is it that you want to have your sight? Well, maybe he was thinking, I want to have my sight so that I can be all that I was created to be. Maybe I want to have my sight so that so that I can, I can live life how you desire for me to live. Maybe I want to have my sight so I can be the one who can, can, who can go out and help other people. Maybe I want to have my sight so I can, I can go out and minister to people. You know, beyond my own needs. <clears throat> 
Jesus says here to the guy, he says, um, he said, go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. That's another, that's another strange one right there. Jesus said to him, go. So why didn't he go? He didn't go. It says he followed him. He didn't go. Now if I were to say, if I were to say to Walter, Walter, would you go get me a glass of water? Water. Walter wouldn't come right up here and stand right beside me. He said, I'm here. Right? He, he would go. He wouldn't, wouldn't, or maybe you would, Walter. I don't know. <clears throat> you know, but the word go usually means go someplace else. Go down the road. Go home. Go, go sit in the store. Go, go look at the sunset. It usually means go someplace not here. But he said, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And he didn't go. He followed Jesus. What's up with that? I think what's up with that is, um, is how Jesus said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He said, go, but go following Jesus. You understand? Go following Jesus. You don't have to make up your own plan. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to make up your own, your own way to do this. He's already got the way. Go following Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9, he said, I think it was uh, Thomas maybe said, or Philip. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father also. Remember that? As I was reading this and kind of studying on it a little bit and thinking about it, I, I thought to myself, I thought, I wonder how many times the Father has been here. And he's come and passed through. Didn't want to interrupt our nice worship. Maybe there was great need. And for whatever reason, we listened to those around who said, just be quiet, just wait. When he was waiting for you to latch onto his shirt tails and not to let go. This passage from Mark is about a town where it could be said of Jesus, <clears throat> he passed through. Nothing remarkable happened. But it became a place of miracles because only one person latched on to the shirt tail of God and would not let go. So the question is, Will you be that one? 
Will you be the one as Jesus is passing through your family in your life, as Jesus is passing through your community, as Jesus is passing through your church and through the experience of today, as Jesus is passing through the political atmosphere of the province today, will you be the one who will latch on to the shirt tail of God and not let go? The needs around us are great, terrible, and, and trauma-filled, and, and you see it, you know it. The question is, are you some who say, just be quiet over here? Or are you in the place where you're saying, come on, come on, he's calling you. He's calling you. We're going to make a way through this circle. We're going to make a way through this, this buffer zone. We're going to introduce you to Jesus. Come on. He's calling you. Notice what he said. When he began to shout, they rebuked him. They turned around. Jesus, because Jesus stopped, they said, cheer up, get on your feet. He's calling you. And so they brought him to Jesus. He jumped up to his feet and he came to Jesus. They opened the way. They made the way. They opened it right up. And the miracle happened then. Because the church understood what its real purpose was, was to bring people on the outside to the inside to Jesus. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, today, Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity that we have to, to know your presence and, Father, your goodness and, Lord, your grace and your mercy. Father, to walk along the paths of life with you, Lord, and, and to know all that you're about and all that you're doing. But, Father, even more than that. Father, we're mindful this morning of this passage, Lord, that, that Lord Jesus, as you were on the way to the cross, that as you were on the way to, <clears throat> to do the acts of redemption for, for us, that, Father, there were those sitting along the wayside that, that, were, that were being squeezed out of your presence because of conditions of life and situations around them. And, Father, today, Lord, as we look around our community, as we look around our lives, as we look around our families, as we look around the traumas that surround us, Father, help us, Lord, that we can push through all the things that, that have held down your message and held down your gospel, that, Father, people would know that you are the king, that you provide hope, that you provide healing, that you provide health and life and strength and blessing even in the midst of all the darkness. Father, you know our hearts and our lives here today. And Father, this morning I believe in, in Jesus. And I believe, Father, that you're putting people's faces in front of our minds, in front of our mind's eye that we can see and know and understand. These who are sitting along the, 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 the way of life, these little bits of wrecked humanity that, that have been cast aside because of hurt and pain and disease and trauma and struggle and, and uh, bad decisions and, and, Father, things that maybe weren't their own fault or maybe they were their own fault. But yet, Father, you call to them. Father, I am asking, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would cause your church to know they are the ones 
not to rebuke, not to discourage, but to encourage and to bring these, these people to you. Father, maybe in their own homes they will pray. Maybe, Father, along the streets or at Tim Hortons or, Father, somewhere here and there in all the busyness of life, Father, we'll find a time to, to sit beside someone and ask them how they are in light of eternity. And, Father, just pray with them today. Father, I know this morning some are carrying heavy loads, heavy loads of loss, trauma, sadness, and grief. I know, Father, some have lost loved ones. And Father, I'm asking today in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would hear their cry and help us, Lord, to bring these to you. And so, Father, in this time of prayer, as we sing this last song, as, uh, Father, we pray our last prayer, Lord, as we, as we finish what we've begun here in this format and function, Father, I'm asking, Lord, that, that you would help us to bring these with hurting, troubled hearts to your throne. Bless them, Lord. Bless each one. Lead us now in Jesus' name.